0: Good morning. Today is Sunday, May 31, 2015. We're at the First United Methodist Church of Fountain Valley, California, through the Bible Sunday School class. We have kind of a small class today. We ended Daniel last week, and we're going to look at the minor prophets, beginning with Hosea. Father, we ask you to open our hearts, that you would pour in the engrafted word, and it would change us, and make us powerful witnesses, Lord to what you have done, not only in the past, but in the future, and will do until the day that the day star is seen, that we finally, Lord, are gathered to that final place where all your people will dwell in that heavenly Jerusalem, Lord God. So help us to understand what you've left for us, things written hundreds of years ago that, folks would say is not relevant today, how can it have anything good for us? But we know, Lord, that it gives us a history of your people, shows us your heart, shows us your heart towards your people, especially when your people are disobedient people, and we are prone to disobedience. Work on us, Lord, that we may be obedient servants. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I might type this up like I typed up the um, the kingdoms and the kings of Persia and all that that I handed out last week. But to kind of put the minor prophets in historical perspective and which ones were prophesying concurrent to what we call the major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel, the four major prophets, 12 minor prophets prophesying at similar time frames. And the reason I I started with Hosea because it just followed Daniel and kind of in the way the Bible orders them. But if you took them in, in terms of when they were prophesying, the first of the minor prophets would have been Jonah. And I think I will type these up and bring them. He prophesied 856 B.C. to 784 B.C. And then we had Amos 810 B.C. to 785 B.C then Hosea. So I might just finish Hosea. I started Hosea, but then I start thinking, maybe I should have done Jonah and Amos first, or maybe I still will. Um, (laughs) And he was 810 BC to 725 BC, but he actually spent his entire life because as the first chapter will open, it'll tell us how many kings there were during the time he was prophesying and he was not well received and he battled opposition his entire life and i have to tell you that when i read these men of the faith these prophets and you realize the struggles they had in the time frames where they they were it doesn't seem that unusual to me that we might have similar experiences to be somewhere where we have to just keep on moving forward so it wasn't a big piece of cake for them. It was an idolatrous time. And, we're, and, and Hosea was prophesying as the northern kingdom was declining. Now, the northern kingdom <clears throat> succumbed to the power of Assyria in 722 B.C., So you have to remember how many years that was in front of Judah falling to Babylon, which was, let us see if I can get my dates right, 722, 586, 586 BC, Judah falls. So what is 722 to 586? Isn't that about 150 years or something like that? So Judah was not as apostate as the Northern Kingdom was. And if you can remember about 1st and 2nd Kings, the kingdom was a united kingdom through King Solomon. Solomon's the one that built the temple. Solomon was son of David. The kingdom was actually at its height under David. And then we have Solomon, and we know that Solomon began a lot of idolatry in Judah because he had a lot of foreign wives. His heart started pure and he ended up kind of adulterated. With uh, his foreign wives and the foreign religion and the influence that they brought into his life, and then he into the life of the people of Judah. But the northern kingdom broke off at this point because Solomon's son was Rehoboam. And Rehoboam listened to bad counselors, and the counselors told him to tax the people even harder than Solomon had. And so there was a dividing of the kingdom and the northern tribes. And when the northern kingdom broke off from the two tribes of Judah, which were actually Judah and Benjamin that incorporated the southern kingdom called Judah, they formed kind of a false religion. They built temples at Dan and Bethel. Maybe we'll go look at that in a minute. And they erected golden calves for worship in these two locations. Now, didn't we hear about a golden calf before? <laughs> they had that one in the wilderness when Moses was up on the mountain, hearing from the Lord, you know, and he broke the first set of the Ten Commandments on the uh tablets of stone. So um, let me see if I can find that with the... the um, <laughs> The two king, uh, the kingdom dividing, and them erecting these two false worship centers, and this was hugely bad for the northern kingdom. Okay, I just found it this morning but I forgot to write this down, but I found it. It's First Kings chapter twelve, and I'll just go back to verse sixteen. And when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, this was Rehoboam, son of Solomon, that the king Rehoboam did not listen to them, they said, What portion do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Look now to your own house, David. So Israel went to their tents. But Rehoboam reigned over the people of Israel who lived in the cities of Judah. Then King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was a taskmaster, over the forced labor, and all Israel stoned him to death with stones. And King Rehoboam hurried to mount his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. And when all Israel heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to the assembly and they made him king over all Israel. There was none that followed the house of David, but the tribe of Judah only. And when Rehoboam came to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, 180,000 chosen warriors to fight against the house of Israel, to restore the kingdom to Rehoboam, son of Solomon. But the word of God came to Shemaiah, the man of God, say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to all the rest of the people, thus says the Lord, you shall not go up or fight against your relatives, the people of Israel. Every man returned to his home for this thing is from me. So they listened to the word of the Lord and they went home again, according to the word of the Lord. So now we have this divided kingdom and the Lord indicating that the division was of him. Then Jehoah, built Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, In fact, when you hear the name Ephraim, and you know that was the name of one of Joseph's son. You remember Joseph, the one that was sold into slavery? One of the sons of Jacob. He had two sons. Remember after he interpreted all Pharaoh's dream, Pharaoh lifted him to a very high place and gave him his daughter to wife. And Joseph had two sons from the Egyptian wife and their names were Manasseh and Ephraim. Ephraim was the second son. And if you remember when Jacob called Joseph and his sons to him, when he was dying, and remember that uh, Joseph had brought his father and his relatives into Egypt for provisions during the famine, Jacob actually crossed his hands and blessed the younger son, Ephraim. And Joseph said, no, no, father, Manasseh, the firstborn. And he says, no, this is the way it's supposed to be. So Ephraim was Joseph's son, and that name, Ephraim, is sometimes used in the scriptures to refer to the northern kingdom of Israel. They'll sometimes say Israel, and sometimes they'll just say Ephraim, and that's just how the terminology kind of came down. So Jeroboam, he built Shechem, and he went out there and built Penuel, and he said in his heart, now the kingdom will turn back to the house of David. If this people go up to offer sacrifices in the temple of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn again to their Lord, to, to Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me. And they will return to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold. And he said to the people, you have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Remember, they had the three festivals of the year. They went to Jerusalem for Passover, and they were there for a Feast of Weeks. And one more. The one, uh, was it the Feast of Trumpets? Oh, I forget the third one. Feast of Booths? Feast of Booths. So remember, they made these pilgrimage festivals. That's why after Jesus died, and we have the Holy Spirit coming to the apostles in the upper room, and they were speaking to all these people of many languages, or even the fact that Simon the Cyrene that helped Jesus carry the cross was in Jerusalem at the time. That's because many people and Jews that lived in in uh, they called the diaspora, the dispersion. They would come to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. So they had come to celebrate Passover. That's why Simon was there, and many of them would stay to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, which would come 50 days after. So it was not that unusual for Jerusalem to be swelling with people at that time. So you know it was the timing of the Lord because he wanted Peter's sermon to reach many people on the day of Pentecost. And all these foreigners were there, pilgrimaged to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. So Jeroboam is very concerned about this. The people went home, all the warriors of Rehoboam, they listened to Shemaiah the prophet and said, okay, the Lord's going to just let our kingdom be divided. There's going to be two kings, Jeroboam in the north, Rehoboam in the south. But now Jeroboam takes it a a step farther. Instead of saying, thank you, Lord, I guess this is the way it's going to be, he wants to prevent the people from the true worship of God because he thinks that will endear their hearts to the Southern kingdom and they'll want to return to Rehoboam if they go to Jerusalem to celebrate the festivals, the feast days that were in the Levitical law. So instead, he makes these two calves of gold and he says, you have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Now, you have gone up to Jerusalem. I've never been to the Holy Land, but this I know that the Northern kingdom is at a lower elevation than the higher, the Southern kingdom. So when you would go from North to South, you were actually going up. And I think that confuses it because you think of going South to North is up, but for the geography, going North to South was going to higher elevation. And of course, we know the temple was on Mount Zion, the place that the Lord had chosen for his habitation. So that was a very sinful thing that Jeroboam did. So he says to Israel, to his people, to the 10 tribes, you've gone to Jerusalem long enough, behold your God. See these two calves? And he put one in Bethel and he put one in Dan. Then this thing became a sin for the people went as far as Dan to be before one. He also made temples on high places, appointed priests from among all the people who were not of the Levites. And Jeroboam appointed a feast on the 15th day of the eighth month, like a feast that was in Judah. Now he's setting up illegitimate feasts of his own making. And he offered sacrifices on the altar. So he did in Bethel, sacrificing to the calves that he had made. And he placed in Bethel the priests of the high places. He went up to the altar that he made in Bethel on the 15th day in the eighth month. And in the month that he had devised from his own heart. And he instituted a feast for the people of Israel and went up to the altar to make offerings. Now, can you hear the parable of Jesus when Jesus was saying, woe to the one that scandalizes one of the little ones, be better that a millstone was hung around his neck and he'd be drowned in the midst of the sea. Jeroboam led a huge people into idolatry, right here, in selfishness to preserve his own kingdom, and his own place. And this is going to set up the apostasy of the northern kingdom that will ultimately undo them. And you know some of the stories. You know about Ahab and Jezebel, and we're going to look at them because they're going to come up in the minor prophets. And you know about uh, Elisha, Elijah and then Elisha, who were two strong prophets that the Lord sent to the northern kingdom. And Ahab will even say at one point, Are you come to me, Elijah, my enemy? prophet should have been his friend. But the people went into extreme wickedness. Lusts, lust, lust. And they were imploding from within. And it all started here with Jeroboam saying, Don't go to Jerusalem anymore. I've made you two nice temples. I've got a golden calf in each one. You have a place of worship. So it wasn't that long before they got into the Baals and all of that that you read about under Elijah. And we remember Elijah with the prophets of Baal and we remember how they were trying to consume a sacrifice and how Elijah soaks the sacrifice and calls upon God and the fire just licks up the sacrifice. And I have to say, when I was a new Christian, I remember sitting in front of the TV with Billy Graham on and Billy Graham used that text for his sermon that night, wherever he was in his crusades. And I still can hear that booming voice. Oh, Israel, how long do you stand in the Valley of Decision? If God is God, choose him. If Baal is God, choose him. And, you know, he was so powerful. Yes, yes. You know, I'm thinking as Billy Graham was talking, I'm probably 1979 or something, 76 or something like that. But I love that text because it's so powerful. And then, of course, we know how Elijah got afraid after that of Queen Jezebel, and he ran, sat under the juniper tree. And I remember, the Lord came and ministered to him through an angel and raised some little cakes and food for him and that. And it's just a beautiful story of how the Lord comforts a man that just did a big thing for God. and, and uh, But he's still afraid for his life. So this is where it started, under Jeroboam. So when we get to Hosea, there were actually two King Jeroboam's. And I think I might also bring you that nice little list. I have a beautiful one in my Bible of the kings of the northern kingdom and of the southern kingdom. And I might just copy this page that's in my Bible so that you can see Jeroboam 1. That was 930 to 909, Jeroboam. So... About a hundred years after this is when Hosea begins to prophesy. And we've had a hundred years of this idolatry. And there's a Jeroboam the one. That's the one that built those two temples. And then we have a Jeroboam the second, which began to reign in 793. He was about uh, 10 or 12 kings after the first Jeroboam. So I think I'll bring you the list of the kings and we'll put the prophets and match them up to the kings so you can kind of understand. Now, when Hebrews opens, remember that the author says something so, so important for us to understand because we don't have prophets like that today. We don't have Hosea's and Isaiah's and Jeremiah. And Hebrews opens with long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. So sometimes I have to tell you, I think I linger too long in the Old Testament. And maybe after we do the minor prophets, we're going to go back there because I love understanding the Old Testament in the context of its fulfillment in Christ. But the words of Christ should be always meditated on. And that's where the Red Letter Edition Bibles came out and everything because if God chose to speak to us through his Son, he's spoken to us through what his Son said when he was physically present on the earth. And these things were captured in the four Gospels. And he's also speaking to us through his presence with us, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he chose to inaugurate his church and to protect and keep it in a spiritual way through the Holy Spirit, rather than staying physically present on the earth in fleshly form. And remember, they didn't want him to ascend to heaven, but he said, I have to go. It's, I have, to do what has to be done will require the power of the Spirit. Jesus can't be in all places at one time in his physical manifestation as he took the form of our human flesh. So we must read the words of Jesus. And I love when Bob Sorge says, make sure you're always reading the Gospels and listening to the words of Jesus. And top it all off at the end by always staying in the Psalms because the Psalms is your spiritual dessert. That's where the Lord just shows the blessing on his people. And it's an intimacy experience with God when you're in the Psalms and you need the words of Jesus. And then you need all of what the prophets said, but we never want to diminish the words of the prophet of all prophets, Jesus Christ. So sometimes I feel like I need to go back in and maybe halfway through the minor prophets, we should go back into Luke, which is the only gospel that we haven't done in this class. But the words of Jesus, we need to take them to our hearts. and We need to read them over and over again. And how they've been memorialized in these four Gospels is just amazing that they were written down and preserved for us all these years because the Lord has chosen in these latter days to speak to us by his Son. So, if you can understand that spiritual decline began with this dividing of the southern kingdom and the northern kingdom and the king of the north erecting these false temples with golden calves and inviting the people to worship. When God has given you a high place of authority, to use it to scandalize and hurt others is a very serious thing because people will follow their king as loyal subjects and he led them down the idolatry lane of course they have culpability too because they could be led and because they didn't stand up to their king say what are you doing we worship in jerusalem this is the place that the lord has chosen for his habitation and just to remind you where that is back in the desert of the bible i think it's at psalm 132 uh There. Verse 13 of Psalm 132, for the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions, Zion's provisions. I will satisfy her poor with bread, manna, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is the bread. Her priests, Zion's priests, I will clothe with salvation, and her saints will shout for joy. So Zion was the place the Lord had chosen. So Jeroboam put a big sin on the people that he would say, Do not go to the place the Lord has chosen. Go to the place that I have chosen. That's given the finger to God. That was a serious sin. And it is going to be the beginning of the decline of the northern kingdom. 10 of the 12 tribes. Now, we just got out of the book of Daniel, and I'm going to finish here. But if you'll remember, as we were in Daniel and Ezekiel, We saw the faithfulness of God to the southern kingdom when it went into Babylonian captivity, finally released under Cyrus, and allowed to go back to the southern kingdom and rebuild. They never had the kingdom the way they had it under David and Solomon. They were always under the rule of Gentiles, but they were allowed to come back. But the northern kingdom we will never see again after it falls. Now, some of those folks, you know, they blended with all those nations. And I see the northern kingdom as they blend with the surrounding nations after Assyria and Assyria is conquered by Babylon. So the northern kingdom comes under Babylonian rule too. These are the Gentiles. These are the Gentiles. And you remember that, uh, Jesus will go to the woman of well in Samaria. She's the living remnant of the false worship of Samaria, the northern kingdom, where she starts to question him on which mountain they should worship. Remember, she questions him. All goes back here to Jeroboam. So I'm truly out of time today, and I'll just close us in prayer. Father, we thank you for understanding the history of your people and how important it is for us so that we can see their sins and how you dealt with them and hopefully learn, Lord, so that your kingdom will prosper until the glorious day of your return. Bless us. The word that pastor will bring today, the worship of your people. May it please you. In Jesus' name, we pray it. Amen. Oh, just so much. There. Yeah. And I may just go back to Jonah and Amos, their little tiny books in numeric order, and bring them in numeric order. The faithfulness of God to send them so many men of God. People say, he was so rough on his people. Really? Oh, my daughter said that um, Mm -hmm. last time we were up there. You have been listening to Bible Study Verse by Verse with Vicki Mulack. For more of these podcasts and some resources, Please go to our website at www.biblestudyvbv.org. That's www.biblestudy. V is in Victor, B is in Boy, V is in Victor. The VBV stands for Verse by Verse. org. org There you can register and contact us, or just leave a comment. We welcome your feedback. Thank you. This is George Mulek.